Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them and we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. episode eight he was here before we get into it let's cheers our claws cheers girl cheers um so a little content warning for today's episode um we're talking about stillbirth um and we just want to say that up front so that anybody who might be listening who has experienced this knows what's coming Mm -hmm. and is able to take care of themselves while listening to the episode Mm -hmm. so small content warning Um, but we were really honored for this episode to be in the presence of, uh, this woman, Shafina. She's our photographer. Yes. Um, and just a really incredible human being who Mm -hmm. experienced a stillbirth. Yeah. Yes. And I know it's so fucking hard to listen to, to talk about, but this shit happens and we need to talk about it and we need to shed light on this. And Shafina was so generous with her story and her experiences to share with others um, that I'm just really grateful that we had her here for this. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really important and I just, I want everyone to hold this in their mind as they listen is that by listening, by recording this episode, by talking to Shafina, by um, putting this out there, we're bearing witness to the fact that her child was here. Yes. He existed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just really important to say both for Shafina and also for anybody who um, has experienced something similar. Your mm-hmm. child was here and we know they were. Yes. And he continues to live on Yeah, with everything that she's been doing. You'll hear in this episode the way that he's been living on. It's so, pretty amazing. It so, really is. Um, here's Shafina. Enjoy. Thank you. So Shafina is joining us today to tell us about her experience with stillbirth, which is a really big topic. Um, we're so grateful for you to be here. I love your podcast and I love what you guys are doing. So I'm honored to be here with you guys. Well, thank Thank you. you. We thought it was very important to bring you on today because I think a lot of women may experience this or be fearful of experiencing it. And um, perhaps you can lend some, you know, some guidance for anybody. Um, So why don't we start with, um, how about you tell us a little about about yourself? How about that? Yeah. Okay. Who are you outside of this one, this trauma that happened? Because we always like to help people remember that Yes, in life we experience hard and traumatic things, and we are more than just the traumas that we experience. So who are you outside of this? And then we'll get into the story. For sure. Um, I feel like when I get asked this question, the corest identity that I like res- that resonates with me is that of a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's connected to this story, but also I'm the mom of, you know, uh, two other children. Koa and Kamari, and I feel like everything I do is through that kind of lens. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm I'm a executive at a consulting firm. 
Um, and I do a photography, you know, in my mm-hmm. spare time, but I'm a, a friend and a sister and a mom and um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. No, that's <laughs> a lot. So, I mean, that's yeah, a lot. you do so much and it sounds like your kids are really like your why, like they're, they're your heart. Totally. Yeah. That's a good that's a good one. <laughs> That's really beautiful. And I think it highlights probably why it feels so important for you to tell your story of this child who you were also a mom to, um, who didn't get to stay. Yeah. And we were wondering if you could start out with just sharing with people why you think it's important for us to talk about stillbirth. And, you know, maybe to some extent miscarriage, I know it's two different things, Um, but it's really hard to talk about. You're being so courageous in doing so. So why did you want to come share this really hard experience you had? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think we talk about this enough. Mm -hmm. I think um, for me, I didn't, I've said before, like, I didn't even know I, I didn't know what stillbirth was. It didn't. It wasn't in my frame of um, that this is something that happens until it happened, and then I was so unprepared for it. Mm. Um, I think I, you know, I had like a um, uh, Koa was born at 32 weeks, so I knew that babies can, could come early, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know that babies can die, mm-hmm. um, and they can die before they're born, mm-hmm. and that that's something. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think we we are afraid to talk about things that um, feel hard, uh, and I think it happens to more people than we realize. One in four women will have a miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, which is typically defined as like anything before 20 weeks. Okay. Um, and one in 160 will have a stillbirth, and that's you know 20 to 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, our son Kyrie was 34 and a half weeks, so we were at the end of. The end felt in sight, mm-hmm. um, and we had passed where our first son was born, and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So we knew that, like, at 34 and a half weeks, babies should live. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning that, it was just a hard, it was hard to learn that. It was a hard, it was like a traumatic and heartbreaking experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there's a lot of women who have that same experience and you don't know because we just don't we don't talk about it right um so i think for me wanting to share my story is about um there's always i think a little bit of healing that happens when people have an opportunity to share a story um and also just to let i think you know to bring light to it we're not talking about it yeah and and why not right right it is so heavy and there are one in four, one in 160. I mean, that is a lot of women. It's a lot of people that um, have given, you know, pregnant, pregnant women that have had to, you know, go through this and, you know, there's, there's so much to be talked about. Um, When did you know that you were, did you know that you're going to have a stillbirth? Yeah. So everything in the second pregnancy had been going pretty fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were monitoring this pregnancy closer because Koa had been born um, at 32 weeks. So we were trying to, you know, stay pregnant as long as possible. I think it was taking like progesterone Mm -hmm. um, injections every week or so after a certain amount of time. Um, And we were 
you know, I could I could check in with the doctor anytime. I had a great team who mm -hmm. was, you know, overseeing this pregnancy. Um, and what happened was, you know, one evening I just hadn't felt him move um, a whole bunch. And mm -hmm. so I um, I was feeling a little nervous about that. Yeah, I was right. like telling myself it's it's not a big deal. I'll just go in in the morning. And I mm -hmm. called the doctor in the morning and said, hey, can I just come in and have... I want to hear his heartbeat, which was a normal thing for us. Like they had said, come in anytime you want. Mm -hmm. um, I went in that morning. I called my work. I was on my way to step up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I called and I said, you know, I want to swing by the doctor's office first. And because I felt like, oh, I think the only thing I thought that could happen was that I was going to have the baby early because uh -huh. that, that I knew was possible. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I didn't understand stillbirth. I didn't understand that babies could die that it wasn't it in just the world, right yeah like it wasn't yeah. it was not in my frame and mm -hmm. so when I when I got there I saw like my favorite nurse was working who I you know love her um we went back in um she you know was looking for his heartbeat and I feel like in those moments I laid there and she she said just turn over you know on your side like have having me move and mm -hmm. I could see her struggling and I think at that point I I knew something was wrong and mm -hmm. tears just started oh. I think I just laid there and I and she was like don't it's you know it's okay like we're gonna you know just hold on mm -hmm. because I don't think it's normal it's it's normal in that it happens in one in, in one in 160 mm -hmm. women right mm -hmm. but it's not an everyday occurrence I right, think right. even in a doctor's office no. so mm -hmm. they're so invested in you also and have been yeah. caring with caring for you um she brought another nurse in and they kept trying and then the doctor came in um, who was um, not my regular doctor that I had been seeing, but I had seen her before. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, I think I was just a mess. <laughs> um, Were you by yourself at that I point? Was, you hadn't like called your husband or anything yet? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it was so fast. It happened so fast because they were like trying to find the heartbeat and then, yeah. And know, then you went in like, I just, I just want to hear it and then yeah. I'm going to go to work. And then I'm going to go to work. Yeah. And, yeah. um, she, you know, sat next to me and, and she had turned off the thing and she held my hand and she said, Shafina, I'm just so sorry, but there's no heartbeat. Oh, fuck. And it was like, oh, I think I just lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was so hard. And I remember like just hugging the nurse who was with me mm -hmm. for so long because mm -hmm. I was just so devastated. And then my phone rang and it was my husband. Oh shit. And he was just calling to uh -huh. like check in. And so he, you know, I can't speak for his story, but his story started with a, a nurse answering my phone oh, for me and saying, yeah. you need to come here. Oh, um, and I think he thought that, um, the baby was coming early mm -hmm. because again, we didn't know that that could happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, at that point they had me go and they did a, a bigger ultrasound, mm -hmm. you know, a more like, um, the regular kind of big ultrasounds and, mm -hmm. um, confirmed it. And I think at that point I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Like there, I just, my brain couldn't process it. Yeah. It of was course. just too much. It yeah. was too much. And then, um, you know, we met with the, the um, the maternal, uh, I don't know, the doctor that yeah. works with uh, higher risk pregnancies. Uh -huh. um, and she was very matter of fact about what's going to happen next. And mm -hmm. so that's, um, I mean, you're getting so much information is flooding to you. You right. want to know why you don't get to know why <laughs> um, yeah. you just get to know that. All right. You're, you're 34 and a half weeks pregnant. 
belly out to here, mm -hmm. you know, and your babies died. Yeah. And now here's your options for how to get your baby out because you have to give birth. Mm -hmm. um, oh God. And so it's just a lot. My, my husband was with me at that point yeah. and um, we, you know, were listening to our options and, mm -hmm. and, you know, later that night we would check into the hospital um, to kind of start the process of giving birth to our baby. Mm -hmm. Damn. What yeah. was it? What were those moments just, you know, you're taking in all this information that makes no sense about something that you didn't even know could happen. What were those early moments like between the two of you? If that's not too personal, but I'm just thinking about what it's like to like take, be taking that information in as individuals and then as a couple, as people who love each other, as, as the parents of this child. Yeah, I think we were, we were both just so heartbroken yeah. um, and trying to make sense of it. You yeah. know, I think like Craig came into it unknown, right? Like he, he didn't know what was happening. He mm -hmm. got there, you know, thinking that maybe baby is coming early. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't until I said there, like, there's no heartbeat yeah. and he just broke down, mm -hmm. you know? And so like there, his grief process has looked so different than mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and in those moments, I think we could just be there for one another, mm -hmm. you know, and like hold each other and cry. And after we got the, you know, technical instructions of, of what is happening, we had mm -hmm. to leave in our separate cars because we had come oh, at different God. times and we yeah. had to, we had to coordinate. We had a five-year-old at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to figure out how do we explain this to Koa? How do we, um, you know, who do we call? We called like my best friend mm -hmm. um, on the way home because we had to pack and then talk to my brother and my sister, and my mom, and, and it was just a flurry of yeah, things. Totally. Well, I mean, your whole life just got rocked in like an instant. Yep. That's, damn, that's a lot. Yeah. So we like, you know, we went to the, we went to the hospital and the hospital staff were um, wonderful and considering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, the next day we would um, have him. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they, and it was like a, a natural birth. I, mean, I had an epidural, but we, um, you know, had him. And I remember those, my family was there. Mm -hmm. um, they had come and the nurses were wonderful, like had taken a room next to us and like brought them food and let everyone come. So my whole family, my cousins and my, my you know, immediate family, um, were able to be there. And then um, it was just Craig and I in the room when, when we had him. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard, it was, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you expect to give birth and hear a baby cry right. and it's quiet. Yeah. And you knew that. Before, and you knew it. Yeah. Before even giving birth, you knew that was coming. Yeah. Which is a whole nother thing than giving birth and then having a stillbirth, you know, like you knew like that's all of this is horrible, yeah. you know, and it's one other thing when you know what, what's going to come. Yeah. And to not hear that. And, oh, yeah. and you, and you gave it, so you gave birth, uh, vaginally or yep. naturally. Yep. 
And so they had you had to have the whole contractions and labor and all of that. Yep, they gave me pitocin to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, labor the night before, um, and then you know by the morning. Um, I think my doc. I saw. I finally got to see my doctor, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, "You get an epidural at this point because it was starting. Like the contractions were mm-hmm. happening." God, so you had to um, go through all of that plus the p- emotional pain. I'm just the physical pain. Yeah, yeah, like the splitting that your mind must have been doing. And I think if it was me, I would have been in total denial. Like my body. Well, I'm giving birth. It feels like I'm giving birth. Like maybe there's a chance that. Oh, they're totally. wrong. Mm-hmm. They're totally. Yeah. I I believed that there was yeah. a part of me that was like, I'm like, they'll be wrong. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. he, like he's going to be alive. There was there was always been that hope, and I think that's the the hardest part of the grief was like there's so much, you know, even holding him. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I hold him, I know there's stories that like, mm-hmm. you know, mothers who like hold their babies on their chest and they'll wake up. Mm-hmm. And even though I knew like he was no longer here mm-hmm. holding his body, like I wanted him to be alive so yeah. badly yes. that like I, in my mind, I think I needed to think like any, like maybe this could happen. Yeah. Like a it's like, all like yeah, something magical, something magical is yeah. going to happen, even though it's like, so not real. Right. But like, I think you're just trying to cope so much with what is happening. Um, that it's impossible not to, to be in that kind of bargaining. Like, I'll do anything to make you come back. What can I do? What can mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, one of the things that um, I think people maybe don't realize when you have ba- a baby who has died is um, nowadays in the past where they maybe didn't let you hold your baby and mm-hmm. keep your baby or with you see them. Yeah. or see them now it's, it's really seen as something you should do. Uh-huh. Um, and I know for some women, they can't, for whatever reason, they don't want to see their mm-hmm. baby or they, um, and, and maybe they're okay with it. Maybe they regret it later. I don't know. But, um, for me, I needed to be with him. Yeah. I would have, I would have held him till there was nothing left of him. Mm-hmm. I would have like, I needed that and they let me, they were so kind and loving the nurses that we had, um, helping like wash his body and like, mm-hmm. you know, put a hat on him mm-hmm. and take pictures of him and like allow you to mother him or to parent him mm-hmm. for as long as you needed. Mm-hmm. Um, at night they put the little, you know, bassinet next to me, um, so we could sleep and, and, this was a hard part for Craig because his body was changing. You yeah. like our bodies aren't when we die, our bodies aren't meant to to be out for long. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and yet I wanted so badly. I couldn't imagine him being in the hospital without me. Mm-hmm. I like couldn't I couldn't send him away yeah. and stay. And yeah. I was like, I can't do that. He has to be with me. And so that was a moment that I really appreciated from Craig because I knew it was really hard for him to see our baby change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed it so badly, yeah. um, that, that just meant so much. And so, you know, in the, in the night I brought him to me and I literally held him like this in my arms all night. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I just, it sounds weird. I feel like as a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you, but we also sell merch. 
And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I wanted to like inhale him. I yeah. wanted to like well, remember so every much, single thing about him. him. Yeah, it's not weird. Um, he was so much a part of you. I mean, he was growing inside of you. Yeah. You know, you wanted him back inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. You yeah. Know? I don't think that's weird at all. I mean, what you just said, like, I would have held him till there was nothing left like that. I think that says it all. Yeah. And I think anybody would have had this, many people would have had the same reaction. You're right, maybe some people would just need to completely shut it down in order to survive the moment. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful that parents are allowed to stay with their baby as long as they need, mm -hmm. and that they're not just like whisked away and you're just left there to lay yeah. and recover with like, with knowing that there's a baby somewhere in the hospital that's yours and you don't get to know where they are. Right, or see yeah. them see what they look like anything yeah and I mean we were we were lucky with the nurses we had the night that I um the day that I gave birth the nurses that came on that morning were phenomenal like she I know her like we we have met her again and to thank her because mm -hmm. she was so like such an amazing part an important part of our story mm -hmm. um and 
and we had some experiences that weren't like as as loving as she was and so i think like how there's an opportunity there for um you know when we think about how do you care for mothers who are going or families who are going through mm -hmm. this it's mm -hmm. so hard yeah um to know how to like show up for for people in that way where do you think the like medical field or the labor and delivery field needs to like kind of catch up to the reality of how to like support a traumatized person because you're so aware that your what is happening right now is different I think there's a level of like not defensiveness but protection mm -hmm. um, mama bear instinct to like to ensure that anyone who's looking at your baby understands that like this is a real baby they yeah. are beautiful they are like they look normal like this is like there's so much of a desire I think to protect mm -hmm. um, that people I think and it's heightened so I think how you enter a room what you say if you look uncomfortable is it because of my baby are you judging me are you judging that I'm sleeping with him is that weird to you mm -hmm. are like is what I'm doing wrong mm -hmm. um, there's so much questioning I think of yourself that doctors and nurses I think need to know if they know that yeah. then how you enter into this space mm -hmm. might be might be different and I think um, listening to what you know your patient is requesting and what they need is is obviously like the most important mm -hmm. um thing to to do um i think they do a great job at like where we you know i think there's like special signs on the door so people know who is that this is what is happening in this room yeah um and like i said like before we even had the photographers who came to take photos of our baby with us our nurse wasn't sure they were going to come and she went and got her camera and, and took photos for oh, us oh, so wow. we could have those and put them on a cd and gave them to us so like mm -hmm. there are some folks like her who are yeah. doing i hope everyone gets who has to go through something like this has that kind of support in the hospital mm -hmm. from that moment forward what did your life look like yeah nothing nothing was the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like mm -hmm. I am not the same person I was before. I think there was a, a level of, um, not, I don't want to say jadedness, but there was something that was like lost, you yeah. know, there, I mean, literally. Right. But then yeah. there was something, um, that I just saw the world differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say in the immediate, year like that first year was probably it's a blur okay. you know in some ways it's yeah. like how yeah. did I survive that year right. I, yeah. I must have just been walking through motions um but there was so much sadness mm -hmm. right yeah. um there was so much like blame and wondering about myself um, and what I did wrong or what could I have done there was like um it just shows up in the weirdest ways. I wanted to know everything there was to know about stillbirth. I mm -hmm. was like, if there was a movie that came out about like a baby who died, mm -hmm. I needed to see it. God mm -hmm. bless my best friend who mm -hmm. would like go to me, go with me. I think she was like, really sad. Yeah, I think oh, she was God. like, I don't know if yeah. this is a good thing. And I was like, just no, it's I just have to see it. I yeah. have to see it. I have to believe that there's something else. And if a movie can tell me that there's some other life that I will see my baby in, yeah, then, yeah. then I need to see it. Even yeah. if it's a Hollywood production, I mean, I just right. needed that. So yeah. that first year was 
all sorts of like emotions and sadness and you know for for folks who were trying to support me I think there was like um, there was nothing there was no winning right mm -hmm. like there was sure. nothing they would get right um, because I was nothing was right with me right mm -hmm. like there was nothing that could make anything better right because yeah. the only thing that would could be better is if he was here mm -hmm. and yeah. that would never happen <laughs> so yeah. there was a lot of a lot of that and I think what I was um, blessed with was that I had people who never kind of gave up of trying mm -hmm. to figure out what it is that um, how, how could they show up for me and what was it that I needed and so I had good support to um, like a lot of the women in my life I think were very supportive and, and wanting to talk and make space for me and whatever it was that I needed mm -hmm. and so over you know over the I wrote a lot I, I blogged a ton um, that first year I read like a woman's who I found like a woman's blog and I, I read it from like in one night I think from start to finish and she had a similar experience and mm -hmm. her posts became less frequent and she had children mm -hmm. and so I was like well, read this whole thing and I was like I just needed to be connected to yeah. others who were just going through that something yeah. to grab onto totally but I think what you just said is so important for people supporting a grieving person to remember like you can't win no one can win grief and you're all looking for answers the grieving person and their loved ones to something that just doesn't have an answer yeah. you know so yeah like you you just have to go through that amount of time, however long it is, where you're grasping at whatever thing that you're grasping on or whatever thing you've latched onto that becomes like, this is going to show me the answer. It's yeah. probably not, <laughs> yeah. but it's the thing that you're grabbing onto right now. And I'm so glad you had people and have people in your life that were patient with you because it does seem like our culture wants to like, put a time limit on grieving like the bad things happen the bad thing happens and the clock starts ticking for mm -hmm. like when your grief is allowed to take up space and when you have to like go back to quote-unquote normal yeah I feel like that is been something that I've been navigating over the mm -hmm. last couple years where I you know the first year um and even into the second year I think there was a lot of like are you like a lot of questions and a lot of like folks available mm -hmm. um and it's it's trickled my family has never wavered my close friends have never wavered but um how people respond i think does change and you learn to adjust to that and it hurts still mm -hmm. um because i think what's important for moms with stillborn babies is that like you say their name that you remember that they were there like they're a baby right I can't like the worst the hard the hardest thing is to think that people would forget him mm -hmm. um, or not or think that he could be replaced with a new baby or like maybe she's okay now or or anything like that or it's been five years why does she still post about it you know or or whatnot and so I think there's um, I've been really open with my grief over the last five years mm -hmm. I post on social media about about him I talk about him openly um and I don't know how that makes people feel necessarily anymore mm -hmm. you know um I think you're right I think society puts a timeline on how long you're allowed to grieve and when you're supposed to 
from the from how much time you get right. for leave, mm -hmm. uh, right. from leave. I know. To two days. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> oh, you're better yeah. now. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. To like, it's been you know, it's been a few years. You're fine now. Or you know, people who don't understand stillbirth, um, or think like who want to compare grief or something right like, well he wasn't really born so yeah you know is it please don't is it something? no one actually said that no no but i think that exists Jesus. for so many people i'm sure right? yeah that, like, totally. um, well, that you don't get to grieve as long because it wasn't someone else it wasn't like and 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 I hate that comparison of like, mm -hmm. you know, people, women who lose babies before 20 weeks mm -hmm. um, to women who lose babies now to women who lose babies when they're older. Right. Um, it's a different, it's, it's a different experience. And I would never, totally. ever compare my experience to any other woman's experience. It's mm -hmm. all valid. Um, and I think what connects us all though, is that experience of grief mm -hmm. and that crosses, whether it's loss of a friend or a partner or whatever that loss is i think that experience of grief is is connecting and resonates the the sadness i can connect to anyone. for sure for sure and I, I i feel when people do try to say or limit your grief or feel uncomfortable and say shit like that i mean i think that just comes down to their own uncomfortableness or discomfort with it you know um, it has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your loss, nothing to do with anything but their own discomfort of like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, you're supposed right. to, you're, you're supposed to be fun and like, you know, yeah. let's go out and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, please me, you know, right now yeah. kind of thing, you know, but you're just like, no, I mean, that's, that's like where you're, where you can kind of decide who your friend, real friends are. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think you really do see who who sticks around and who, who says things. I'll say like, I was really surprised with, um, some folks who reached out who are in my community, but like not directly, like I hang out with them all the time, mm -hmm. but who continue to show up in a way, whether they're donating to, you know, we do March of Dimes every year for, mm -hmm. for Kyrie, like whether they donate to that, to whether I get a card in the mail, to a text message because they put it in their calendar. Like there are mm -hmm. people who have, really surprised me and those moments mean so much because yeah. it doesn't take that much time to put it in your calendar and to if that can mean something to somebody else that you remember their baby's name or you remember their anniversary mm -hmm. those little moments go a long way especially mm -hmm. over time right yeah. like when yeah. when you don't expect to hear it as much you know right. from folks right because it just shows that you they they don't forget and you definitely will never forget, you know, yeah. and it's just, um, to, yeah, to know those dates, um, you know, and like, oh yeah. Then, you know, then, you know, whoever knows you too also is around you during those times, you know, yeah. his anniversary or yeah. up leading up to that, you know, um, I wonder if you've had any sort of, um, you know, leading up to that date in February, even now, do you get anxious? Do you get... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like our bodies remember. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a season, right? Like February starts to come near and I start to feel it in my bones. Mm -hmm. um, that's never 
gone away. I think the lead up is always harder than the next day. It's like the very next day I can like, okay, I can move, I can keep moving on. But the, the lead up has been something that I've learned to like take time off, take a couple of days off from work um, leading up to it. Give yourself self space to process mm-hmm. and to reconnect what feels like reconnect to those feelings. Like I, for me, I need to, um, for, for that first year, I felt like I had to be sad um, because it was the way to be close mm-hmm. um, to him. And if I leave that sadness, um, I'm somehow leaving him. Yeah. And that feels like, how could I do that? I, even to the point of like, I need to sit where his ashes are mm-hmm. in the same room and be close. And if I like, there's that, there's that feeling. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the weeks leading up to it, I feel like I need to reconnect to that somehow. And so I might write in the blog again mm-hmm. or um, give myself time to look through pictures um, and just try to like find some time because I find myself when I don't give myself that time, I feel resentful of all the reasons why I didn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's work or whatever. And so now I've just learned that, nope, I take a week off before. Um, that's just part of what we do. And we put our energy into really wanting to do something to honor him. And so every year we do something on his anniversary, my family um, and my husband and I and Koa, um, you know, this year we decided that he would have been entering kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do is we we donated a whole um, building block station mm-hmm. for the kindergarten class um, at oh. our local elementary. Oh, and nice. every year now we're going to follow that class Mm -hmm. and where he would have been and do something that will be meaningful. We -hmm. built a little plaque that says like, I think build the impossible, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in honor of Kyrie and Mm -hmm. then the date, like Love Gardner family. Mm -hmm. Um, But doing stuff like that, like we we participate in the March of Dimes and we raise money for, you know, to to hope that women don't have this experience in the future. Those are all things that allow us to put our energy into doing something with this yeah um that's been really i think it's healing and it feels like we're doing something good yeah um, and then in his name and his experience and your experience as well yeah um and it's good for koa it's so good for koa yeah like he he has his own story yeah you know and he was five he knew exactly what was happening he met him Mm -hmm. he um you know we talked very concretely about what happened Mm -hmm. um And like he was with us in this year of like incredible sadness that first year. Mm -hmm. And so he is probably the most empathetic and like sensitive and loving kid Mm -hmm. there is. And I think a lot of that is because of what he's experienced. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. I've, um, I love what you're doing in, in, in his honor or, you know, creating experiences. Um, you know, we can't, take away what has happened um and we can continue you know what we can do is try to um, create experiences to help with that story you know change the the narrative i guess you know or however you want to word it um where yeah it's horrible and it's sad and it should never happen but it did happen and now what do i do with this you know um and I think with all like a lot of horrible things, you know, you can at some point you have to decide, you know, how long to, um, I guess, suffer 
I guess you, you can say that. Um, I just, I love the idea that you have decided to put in other memories every year, you know, every year there's a new memory of something great, something in his honor, you know, you're still, you're still remembering him, but in a different way. Like we did yep. this on his mm -hmm. anniversary, you know, so you're not just remembering the day that, that horrible day that that happened, but you're remembering five years of the last five years of something you guys have done yes. as a family in honor of him. Um, and those will get ingrained and, you know, um, because it's all what we do with all this shit that fucking happens to us, you know? What do we do with all of this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's like the story of him gets to keep growing and yeah. being bigger. And I, someone was talking to me recently, I don't even remember who, about suffering, being mm -hmm. part of life, and figuring out how to like suffer wisely, <laughs> which is like sort of a, I had to sit with that for a while, like after that conversation, but it strikes me that like that's the way that you're, approaching this like it's like it's very wise and he's very much a part of the family and mm -hmm. like, I just I think I, that's really beautiful that yeah. like his memory extends beyond um just what happened yeah yeah you keep him alive in that sense you know his memory his energy his beingness you know because I don't I honestly don't believe that we're just matter you know um so seeing that ripple effect from his birth or, you know, from yeah. his story and how it's the ripple effect going out affecting so many other lives. Like, you know, I think I it's a beautiful that. thing, you know? Yeah. Cause it's still going and going and, and because of you, you know, because you and your family have decided to, you know, to create something beautiful out of this horrific tragedy, you yeah. know? Thank you. I, yeah, I feel it's, I love that. I think and it's, and it's taken time. Yes, absolutely. And so I think my, like, when I think of other women who are going through this or are hearing this kind of news, mm -hmm. you know, now it's like, I always say like, feel all the feels and, and there's no wrong or right way to grieve and there's no timeline. There doesn't have to be a timeline to your grief. So if sitting in the sadness is what you need to do, then sit in the sadness. And if, you know, working your butt off to like, not think about it as what like whatever it is you need to do mm -hmm. and I'm I'm um, when I think back to that time I know how hard it was mm -hmm. and I'm grateful that time in those moments I didn't want time to move I needed it to stay still yeah and I can see now I'm so grateful that time has moved because it's allowed us to process things and to do exactly what you're saying and mm -hmm. to honor Kyrie in different ways mm -hmm. um, and to ensure that his memory like has impact, um, the kind of impact that we want to see. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna ask actually if there, if you have advice for that one in 160 women that will have to go through this, you know? Um, you've probably learned a ton, like, what would you say to somebody getting this news or somebody just freshly through this experience? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it is, it is, I can't say like, don't blame yourself. Don't yeah. do these things, right? Because right. they're gonna do, like you have to feel whatever you need to feel. Right. And I think it's so important for people to know that no, 
there's nothing wrong with what you're feeling. There's nothing wrong with how you choose to give birth. There's nothing wrong with your choice to parent in the hospital. There's nothing wrong with how you choose to grieve or what you choose to share. That like all of it is normal mm-hmm. because I think we question everything and none of it is your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, we don't have a reason for why this happened. We'll never have a reason. There's no medical reason for it. Um, there's nothing I did, but believe me, I was like, it's the coffee. I drank too much coffee. Mm-hmm. I did all the things. It's not going to do any good to sit in that space of, of blame. So if you need to do it for a minute, do it for a minute, take a deep breath. And now what else can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just giving yourself grace and giving yeah. yourself time and knowing that you're normal, anything that you feel and say, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you're allowed to feel, you're allowed to not want to be around babies. You're allowed to not want to be around pregnant people. You're allowed to say what you want to say about it and then change your mind later. Like you're allowed all those things. And my hope is that people have can find that one person um, or multiple people who can support them in that and not judge them. And so on the flip side, what can people do to support their friends or people who is to be there and to be like, to not give up checking in, Mm -hmm. to not tiptoe around because you're worried you might make them nervous or you're not sure, ask, Mm -hmm. say the name, say, I want to be here for you, but I don't know what the fuck that looks like, but I love you and I want to be here. Sit next to them, cry with them, go to those movies that they want to go to, like whatever, whatever it is, um, just be there and don't forget. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think all of that is so, as somebody who has definitely gone through, you know, the grieving loss of somebody, you know, um, it's helpful for others to share what, you know, it's very similar mm-hmm. um, across the board of what the needs are and that, uh, the main theme is just fucking be there. You know what I mean? Like no matter how uncomfortable you might be feeling or awkward or, you know, you don't know what to say or what not to say or whatever, like just, just be there, just check in, just, you know, cause, um, yeah, and don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're here, but you know, I don't want you here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you here right now, but I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Don't take that personal. Yeah. Give us that. grace as well. Give the grievers grace, you know. I thought and I wanted you here, but now you're here, <laughs> and I just want you to leave. So, and you so I just needed to know that yeah. you're going to show up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think it's so important just like to for everything to just be so fluid and let it flow and not to put any fucking rules on anything or restrictions or, you know, um, and just give everyone grace in this whole process because nobody knows, you know, what the fuck to do. Yeah. Um, and in a sense, yeah, we are all connected and we're all in this together, you know, whether you are the griever or the friend of a grieving person, you know? Yeah. Um, so grief, it's a fucking, it's horrible and it's lifelong and it's just figuring out how to, um, like Megan has mentioned before, live beside, you know, live side by side with grief and not let it consume you and you consume your life. Obviously you're going to go through your, yeah, the process as you will. Yes. Get fucking sad, scream, you know, or ignore it all or whatever. It's going to come back. It's going to be there. It's always there. 
Shafina, we just wanted to end by asking if there's anything else that you want to share about your son. You know, because yeah. he was here. Yes. And we want to honor that and give you space to say anything that you want to say or that you want people to know about him. Kyrie um, was he, like, yeah, he was here, right? Yeah. Like he was, he was real. Mm-hmm. Um, he was our baby. And um, he, he's our light. We mm-hmm. say like, we see you in the light of the sun. We feel you in our soul. Mm-hmm. And that's because we feel like we, when we said goodbye to him, the, you know, on a cloudy day and the sun suddenly shone through, Mm-hmm. We feel like that was our sign from him mm-hmm. that he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I could feel Kyrie's energy and the love and the beautiful spirit. You know, like I don't know, um, and how you continue to like continue to honor him and do things in his name for him and spread his name out there and that energy, that beautiful energy because of course you felt it when he was inside of you you know yeah growing him um you create a relationship but there i could only imagine I, i've never had a child but i could only imagine that you can sense the type of energy or the type of being that you're growing inside of you you know yeah. um and when you saw him and everything you know it's just um a release of like that energy and that spirit and that soul you know yeah. um He's so, he's so loved by so many and he was so wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for sharing him with us today. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for sharing you and your story with us today. It means so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Yes, us too. I mean, this <laughs> is a heavy fucking experience, heavy everything, you know, that a lot of people don't talk about, don't want to talk about, don't want to hear about, but but there's so many people that do want to hear about it and just relate and be the one who reads a blog all night long because they want somebody to connect to and know that they're not alone in this experience, that there's right. nothing that they fucking did wrong and there's nothing that they're doing wrong. They just want that, you know? So what you're doing today is just very honorable to you and brave and generous of your time and your, you know, all of it. Um, whoever is going to be listening to this, you know, there, here it is again. Kyrie <laughs> spreading his energy out there, you know? <laughs> so, um, yes. Listeners, um, if you have a similar experience and after listening to this episode you feel like you want to talk about it we are open um please join us in hearing the lessons that Shafina has shared um please join us in sharing your stories and Shafina nothing but love to you and your family thanks so much for being here yeah thank you bye everybody see you next week see you next week